Hey there, book gang. This is Amy Allen Clark from momadvice.com. If this is your first time checking out my show, I'm just so happy to have you here. This weekly podcast is dedicated to the literary tastemakers of the world. These themed episodes are filled with book recommendations, focusing on debuts, under-the-radar book choices, and ideas for expanding your stack with backlist book selections. You are listening to episode 26, Readable Award Winners with Fables Books. This show is made possible by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you for funding this production. I'm so grateful. There's been so much going on behind the scenes as I'm preparing for our next round of guests. As this podcast evolves, I've really worked to identify the umbrellas for discussion on the book gang. And some of these umbrella topics have been coming from your poll responses and feedback. Others have just been coming from my own curiosity about the book world. And of course, we do have our main show event, which is featuring hidden book gems, backlist books, and debuts. I think one thing I've really been struggling with that I just kind of want to be transparent about is not making my show like anyone else's show. So one of these distinctions I'm hoping will be our new umbrella topic that might look different than other things you've been listening to. We are going to be adding something that is really in my own wheelhouse. It is a section on hacking your day. And since this is a book discussion, it will be how to hack your reading life. And this umbrella actually came from our own Patreon pals. Now look, I could give you a million book suggestions, but if you don't have space for reading, then this is kind of a fruitless discussion. Way, way back in 2009, I got a hosting deal with Walmart to produce my own podcast on a network that they had just partnered with called Blog Talk Radio. If you want to hear what original podcasts sound like, you can listen to me basically doing a podcast for my phone. The point of the podcast, though, was to simplify daily tasks for moms so they could live a more fruitful and stress-free life. And since I had Walmart in my quarter, I did get to talk to celebrities like Mary Lou Retton, for example, about managing her children's after-school sports and snacks. As an aside, one of the best interviews I scored ended up being unrelated to this world. I was also recruited to interview Taylor Lautner way back in those early Twilight era days as they were promoting their specially released DVDs. And for the record, he is Midwest and just as lovely as you might hope. What I'm trying to explain, though, is that refining processes is something that I got really good at. And that's what I would love to start teaching you with your own reading life. How can we get more hours into read when our lives are so distracted and full? We will be talking to a bustling author, Dana White, who you might know from her podcast, A Slob Comes Clean, on how to clean less so you can be reading more. We're going to talk to ADHD experts and life coaches on how to do focused reading when our attention spans are just not conducive to this. We'll also be having discussions on how to make book selections so you can maximize every minute, just like we did last week with Nadia Oduayo about how to use reading tools like the Storygraph to help you select your books. 
what you can expect from topic umbrellas like these will be not only ways to hack your reading life, but we're going to be continuing down some established roads that we've been working on on the show. For example, the Bookishly Curious series is one where we have talked about pandemic publishing, book shortages, what it takes to be a top Goodreads reviewer. This week, for example, I am taping an episode with a book publicist so we can hear what a day in her life looks like when building buzz around books is your job. We will continue the Meet the Bookstagrammer where we talk to influencers like The Opinionated Reader, Books Over Bros, and my amazing book BFF Larry Hoffer, who regularly co-hosts with me, about their reading lives and tips for documenting their books through picture. You must love these episodes too because our top episode ever aired just hit a record all-time high, and that was our Strong Opinions episode that has been streamed over a thousand times in just two short weeks. I will continue to bring debut authors on for chats like our discussion with Ethan Joella, where we shared what it was like to write his first book and get such critical acclaim, and I'll be loading you with book recommendations with our partnered bookshop, Fables Books, and regular discussions on backlist gems. In fact, Larry and I just spent a Sunday together recording a two-part episode on the best in backlist books that you might have missed. I'd love to hear your feedback on these episodes, or if you think you might be the perfect guest for one of our shows, you can send me an email at amy at momadvice.com to pitch your dream show idea. Now, last week, we talked to the founder and CEO of The Storygraph, and it was truly one of my favorite episodes we've done on the show. I have also loved hearing from you about what you've been learning from these episodes. Susan, for example, shared, after listening to the podcast today, my interest in using Storygraph has been renewed, and I'm looking forward to getting back in. The features discussed are unmatched, and I also prefer the quarter star rating system. Now, Kimberly shared, this is the best episode, and she did three exclamation points. I just want to point that out. I'm halfway through and just had to come on and say thank you. I switched to Storygraph fully in January, and I loved it very much. You can feel all the bookish goodness of Storygraph by listening to this episode. I'm really so excited that this has sparked renewed interest in the app, and we love to offer Amazon alternatives like our partnered indie bookshop as a resource for buying your books. Honestly, there would have been no discussion without them because their reading challenge is why I even reached out to Storygraph. In case you missed it, I did spend a week writing a very thorough blog tutorial on how to use Storygraph that I do recommend you check out. So be sure to check today's notes because it is a good one. I used the transcription from our show and took Nadia's own instructions for making the most of her app and put it in a written tutorial that you can access on the blog today. Nadia loved it so much she sent me a thank you note and so I'm really, really proud to elevate her work and also be able to guide you through this in a screenshot manner so you can see exactly what we've been talking about. As a reminder, next week is an off week with my main show because we're dissecting all of our feelings on new releases on the Patreon exclusive show, Fully Booked. This is where we bring on our own strong opinions about some of the buzziest new release books and if they're worth your time investment. We also have the latest book adaptation news and what you can pick up on store shelves in April. To learn more and join my community, head to patreon.com backslash momadvice. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash momadvice. 
This month, the Mom Advice Book Club is reading The People We Keep by Allison Larkin for our March book discussion. Be sure to join the Mom Advice Book Club on Facebook, click the events tab, and then RSVP to join me in our live discussion on March 25th at 8 p.m. Patreon pals can unlock a video interview with Allison Larkin where we discuss the writing process for this coming-of-age story and the real question we all are dying to know. Can we expect a sequel? Today, we dive into Fables Books' next Storygraph Monthly Reader Challenge, the award winners. Not only do I hope you walk away with your next can't-put-down book, but I also hope today's episode introduces you to award categories you might not have known about. All the books from today's discussion are linked to our indie bookstore. Please consider purchasing from Fables. Remember, this bookshop does sell used books too, and it's quite possible you could get one of these award winners for a really great price. Okay, I think I've set this one up enough. Let's get chatting. Kristen from Fables Bookshop has become a regular over at the Mom Advice Book Gang, and we are so happy to have her here. And we are talking once again about your reading challenge that we're doing. So for those that may have missed the first episode where we talked about this, can you tell us how readers can join in on the bookstore challenge? Sure. So Fables Books is doing a reading challenge for 2020. Too. And you can find information on it over on our website, fablesbooks.com. Just go to the event page. Basically, that you can join any month of the challenge. Um, what you do is you read a book under that category. So for March, we are reading award-winning books. And as long as the book has either won an award or been up for an award, it counts. Um, and I'll give you some examples here as we go into some of the books I've brought. Then what you need to do is you need to post a picture of the book you read on either Facebook or Instagram and tag us, Fables Books, along with the hashtag Fables Reading Challenge 2022. And then you get entered. And then at the end of the year, we'll have a big um, celebration. We also are doing drawings each month. So um, I'm excited for that. I'll give like one person will get a book each month for entry. Well, I actually did participate for February because you had books about books, which people can check out that episode. And I did the must love books book recommendation that you had brought to the table for my challenge. What'd you think of it? Uh, It was just okay for me. I think that I prefer probably more steamy romances and this is, you know, not necessarily a steamy romance, but I liked that it explored some bigger themes with mental health. I like how romance is, is doing more exploration with bigger topics like that for sure. Yeah, definitely. We are talking about readable award-winning books, because I think that we need to define that. There are award winners that are tough to read or feel like a commitment and sometimes maybe a tiny bit like homework. And then we also have books that we pick because they really are readable and bingeable. And that's the ones that we're going to be talking about today. So I'm going to let you lead with your first book, Kristen, that you have for options for the reading challenge. Sure. So the first one I'm bringing is actually an older one, but the reason I'm bringing it is because it's currently being um, banned in schools and in libraries, and that is Mouse by Art Spiegelman. And if you haven't read this book, it is amazing. Now, it's going to be an emotional read because it is a true story about Art Spiegelman's father, who was a Holocaust survivor. 
Now, this is written in graphic form, so it is a comic book. I realize that comic books aren't everybody's thing, but I encourage people to pick it up anyway. Um, pay attention to the uh, pictures as well as the words because they're all very powerful. There are two parts of the book. The, uh, the first volume talks more about uh, leading up to being um, in prison in the camps, and the second book, it follows his father in the actual camps. Um, and it's a very interesting portrayal. It portrays all, all the Jews as mice and all the Nazis as cats. And then some of the other Germans are portrayed as pigs. Um, and it's very real, but very amazing. And what I really like about this is not just how it explores the story of a Holocaust survivor, but it also explores the relationship between Art and his father as being a child of a Holocaust survivor. And it gives you some of those struggles. It's just amazing. And it did win the Pulitzer Prize. I was going to ask what award it won. So that is one that is now on my radar, thanks to the banned books, which is funny because we must be on the same wavelength because I picked a book that also is being considered to be banned in Texas, and it is one that won the Alex Award. And for those that might not know about this award, because I actually wasn't even really familiar with it until I started the podcast, this award is given to 10 books that were written for adults that have special appeal to young adults, ages 12 through 18. So it is a mature uh, young adult read if you are looking for something like that. And the winning titles are selected from the previous year's publishing. So these Alex Awards were first given annually. That started in like 1998. And then they became an official ALA award in 2002. So Alex Awards, for me, if you're looking for something that's very readable, because it can also cross over for young adult, I think these are always winners. Last year's book club book, The House by the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune was actually a nominee. And this year's book club book, The 100 Years of Lenny and Margot, is also one that is being nominated. So a couple of our bo the book club books have been on this list. Today, the one that I want to bring to the table is Lawn Boy by Jonathan Evison. He also wrote a book called This Is Your Life, Harriet Chance, which I absolutely loved. And we have an interview on the site about this one. But Lawn Boy won the Alex Award in 2019. And this is a great coming-of-age story. It's one that you could hand to your teen that illustrates the struggles of our different social classes. It also illustrates some very hot-button topics that are happening right now, as always, in politics. And if you're curious about books that are being proposed for book fans, then this one might be for you. Now, in this story, Mike struggles to keep steady employment after a short stint working as a lawn boy for a landscaping company. His family struggles financially, and they rely upon Mike to help provide for their family. And despite living hand-to-mouth, he is determined to pull himself out of the hole no matter what. But unfortunately, he faces hurdle after hurdle after hurdle just to get a good job. And Evison takes, takes the reader into the heart and mind of a young man on a journey to discover himself. It's a search to find the secret to achieving the, you know, quotations, American dream of happiness and prosperity. And it's an honest portrait of what it's like to be poor 
and how every time you try to get ahead, you find yourself behind again. Now, the reason why it's being proposed for this is that there is a encounter with the protagonist. He is gay, and he has a experience when he's 10 years old with another 10-year-old that haunts him. It's not something that he's proud of. Something has happened. And so you want to keep that in mind if that might be a triggering thing. And there's also, of course, some language in it. So if that is a trigger for you, then that might be one to skip. But for the overall themes of, you know, just trying to get ahead when you don't have everything, I think it's a really, really important work. And again, it's called Lawn Boy, and it was up for the Alex Award in 2019. What's your next book, Kristen? Well, my next book is actually a local or more local award to us here in, at Fables. Um, and I brought it because I want to show that like award winning doesn't have to be a national award winning. Um, this one is The Book of Delights by Ross Gay. It's a New York Times bestseller. In 2020, it won the Indiana Authors Award. Um, so there is an organization here in Indiana that looks at all authors who are from Indiana and awards books. And so they have like fiction, nonfiction, poetry, Kids, YA. Um, so Book of Delights is won the nonfiction for 2020. This is a series of essays uh, that Roske wrote uh, during a year that was really struggle for him. Despite the fact that he wrote this during a time that was hard for him, he really focuses on joy, especially the small joys that we often miss in our busy lives. And that's what I really found very powerful for him. Um, his essays bring joy. They're funny. Uh, they're poetic. They don't hide away from the hard parts of his life. Um, he is a gay black man, which is difficult. And so it addresses those, but still it brings out the joy and delight of everyday life. Um, I had a chance to listen to him read one of his um, mm -hmm. essays from this book a year ago at a booksellers conference, and it was just amazing. Um, so I highly recommend this. I have not read this one, so I'm glad that you brought this to the stack. And every time that you bring challenge books to the stack, I always end up having to make a lot of requests at the library and also making trips to your bookstore. So I'm excited to pick this one up. The next one that I have, it won the National Book Critics Circle Award. And this award is presented for the finest books published in English in six categories. So they have fiction, nonfiction, biography, autobiography, poetry, and criticism. And this one is a nonfiction selection because I know that I do not talk about nonfiction enough. It is Evicted. It was written by Matthew Desmond, and it received the award in 2017. And again, kind of going back into these themes of the difficulties of being working class. This is a very compelling nonfiction read that explores an issue that we just don't talk about enough, which is how easily it is to be evicted and how easily it is to get behind. Desmond threw himself wholeheartedly into learning about the eviction process, and he follows eight families who are struggling with basic necessities of home. He sheds light on a really broken system from poor wages to the ramifications of eviction on a family's life to living in neighborhoods filled with crime and drugs. And there are many survival tactics needed just to keep the roof over their heads that you as a reader just hope and pray for better outcomes for so many of the people that are dealing with these evictions in this book. And some of their tricks of the trade to get by are really astounding and telling. 
about what people have to do to try to get ahead. And Desmond pulls himself completely out of the equation until he shares how he built his book at the very end. So it's just an incredible testament to great writing and documentation that he is able to build a story in a way that you feel like you're with these people as they are struggling with basic needs and necessities. This is a very readable nonfiction pick. Again, as we're talking about readable and award winners, this is also a readable nonfiction selection if you you need to check a challenge box for that. He, in fact, the author, lived in a trailer park to really fully immerse himself into what the daily life looked like. He didn't just kind of come in and interview them. He he took on the challenge of what did that look like, you know, for someone who is living in a trailer park and struggling with their, his own issues to keep his home while he was writing this book. I really doubt that you could you know, not walk away with something like compassion and empathy and gratefulness for just a basic need like housing and how our country could possibly develop some better systems for those in need. I really, really encourage people to check it out. Again, it's called Eviction and it's written by Matthew Desmond. Have you read this one, Kristen? I haven't, but it sounds powerful. Yeah. Wow. What's your next book that you have for our award winning sure. challenge? I'm a huge fantasy sci-fi reader, uh, in addition to like romance. Those are like the places I tend to gravitate to. Um, so I always check out the Hugo Awards and the Nubella Awards because they award um, to sci-fi fantasy books, both full-length uh, novels along with novellas. So this one it won the uh, Nebula Award in 2019. It's Gods of Jade and Shadow by Sylvia Monroe Garcia. Um, you might have heard her name. She wrote Mexican Gothic, Loved which has it. also been a very powerful book. Um, I haven't had a chance to read that one yet, but it's on my list. Gods of Jade and Shadow is sets you up sort of to feel like Cinderella, but doesn't follow the regular Cinderella story. Um, it's set in the Jazz Age in Mexico City and is really rooted in Mayan mythology. So you follow a young woman, uh, Casapia who spends her days cleaning her wealthy grandfather's house and dreaming of escaping. Uh, until one day she accidentally opens a chest and releases the Mayan god of death. And in doing so, she ends up cutting herself on, like, because at first he's just a skeleton. Um, she ends up cutting herself on his bones and a sliver ends up in her hand. And so now she's attached to this god of death. And if he dies or if something happens to him, she, she will die. So they are now on a journey cross country to find all the pieces that um, his treacherous brother stole from him when he stole his throne and he's trying to retake his throne. And so you are going all over Mexico uh, from the jungle to Mexico city to even uh, lower parts of Texas, trying to gather all of these items and meeting all sorts of creatures and um, demons and spirits. It's just a really fun action book. Um, I wouldn't call it fast paced. It's more medium paced, but it did keep me turning. I kept wanting to find out. Um, there is a bit of a love story. It didn't end the way I thought it would, which was disappointing, but I think it ended it the way it needed to end, which is always a distinction. So anyway, I really highly recommend this, especially if you like fantasy or mythology. I really enjoyed the Mayan mythology, um, which is something I don't know as much about. So. And what was the name of the title for that one again? Sure. Yeah, it's Gods of Jade and Shadow uh, by Sylvia Monroe Garcia. This isn't a series book, right? 
whenever I look at nope. fantasy, I'm like, am I like sucked in for 10 bucks? This is, it concludes. This is a standalone. <laughs> okay. I'm in because I'm not very good about series books. <laughs> that fair. sounds great. Well, my next one is actually an Edgar Allan Poe award winner or the Edgars. Um, and for those that may not be familiar with this award category, it's presented every year by the Mystery Writers of America. And it's, of course, named after the American writer Edgar Allan Poe, who is a pioneer in this genre. And they award this to the best in mystery fiction, nonfiction, television, film, and theater published or produced in the previous year. So the one that I wanted to bring to the table actually was a book club book last year, but I know a lot of people have just been joining in because of the podcast or they joined the book club this year. And I don't want you to miss this one because it was actually a really good book. It's called When No One Is Watching. It was written by Alyssa Cole. And this was the award winner for Best Paperback Original in 2021. The book is described as Get Out meets Rear Window, which I think is a very clever way to describe this one. It's a thriller that really has a lot of meat to it, which is why it was selected as our book club book, because it's exploring the topic of gentrification in a way that just really begs for book club chats. And I know for many of the people that joined in in our book club, this was their first discussion about gentrification, or they weren't really aware of what it was. And honestly, I did have a couple of people message me that thought it gentrification meant elderly. They didn't really understand that this really is about how neighborhoods get changed by developments and push people that might not have as much money get pushed out of their own neighborhoods for development. So like maybe, for example, the Trader Joe's that went in into an older neighborhood changes what is happening and it affects everyone within the neighborhood and pulls people out of neighborhoods and and puts wealthier people into the neighborhood. So it changes the entire landscape. I think that this one is an important work because Cole did extensive research and was inspired by real-life gentrification she had witnessed over a lifetime in NYC and also in New Jersey. And the extensive historical research that was done for her own personal reasons and then also for his, her historical romances, which she is more well-known for. This is her first thriller, um, which are set in eras that range from the Battle of Brooklyn to the Freedom Rides. So she used that background to create this theme, which in a way, very much reminded me of like a very good science fiction book. So if you're also looking for something like that, this is a good pick for that. And in this novel, Sydney Green is a Brooklyn born and raised, but her neighborhood is changing before her very eyes. Lifelong neighbors are now throwing up for sale signs and the shops she has visited for years are being replaced with hipster juice bars. And Sydney decides to dive deep into the history of the neighborhood and finds an unlikely assistant when taking a city walking tour. What the two uncover can only be categorized as a nightmare, and they have to band together to stop evil forces at work. This is as good as any movie. It is very good for a book club. Finding news articles that supported what is happening in neighborhoods really developed a great and dynamic, thought-provoking discussion. Have you read this one? I haven't, but it's on on my reading list. (laughs) It always gets longer and longer after these episodes. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I actually am going to bring up uh, two 
Hugo Award winners. The first one won in 2021, the Hugo Novella. Um, I actually talked about this on our last podcast when we talked about books about books, and it's Upright Women Wanted by Sarah Galley. Um, this is a awesome dystopian Western <laughs> that covers banned books, queer love, and the fight against justice. And I won't say a whole lot more because people can go back when I talked about it last time, but it is just a really amazing book. And because it's a novella, it's really short. And even if you're not like a huge fantasy sci-fi, I think just the whole, this is post-apocalyptic dystopian um, that has a very Western feel. So it's super fun. Um, The next one won won a novella in 2020, and it is a fantasy YA. So it's super readable because it's YA. It is a series. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm terrible. (laughs) There are two out now, and it's called Ray Bearer by Jordan Ilfunko. And then the second one just came out within the last six months. This one is completely in a different world. And it follows a young woman by the name of Tara Sai. And you actually meet her when she's a little girl. And she has grown up and been raised in isolation. One of the reasons is she has a special power. She touches you, can see all of your memories. And not even just for people when she touches things. Um, It's harder and she doesn't see as many memories when she touches things. But people, she can see their whole life. Which is one of the reasons she's kind of raised in isolation. But really, her mother raises her for a specific purpose and one purpose only, so that she can earn the trust and become one of the special 11 on the crown prince's council. Because the crown prince in this world can only be killed by those of his eleven chosen 11. Once he chooses him, he becomes immune to certain things. There's like 11 things that can kill a, a person, and so one each person council member gives him immunity for one. She goes to the uh, city and she ends up being chosen by the crown prince to be one of his 11. And through this process, like she doesn't want to be a weapon and she ends up falling in love, not romantic love, brother, like brother, sister love with the crown prince. And so as she comes to become an adult and her mother ends up showing up and trying to get her to kill it, she has to figure out how to fight and figure out how to fight her fate, stay loyal to those who she cares about, and go to great lengths in order to preserve that. And so it's this adventure. It's building up the relationship with her and the crown prince, but then also the adventure part. The last part of the book is the adventure part of what will she do in order to fight this fate of her being a weapon and save this person she loves. And it's really fun. Um, pretty fast paced. I actually listened to this on audiobook, which was really great and really good because otherwise I could not pronounce Tarasai or any of the other names. <laughs> That's always the dilemma. And also, you know, doing podcasts, you're like, I don't want to say this out loud because I don't know if I'm saying it right. I can't tell you how many times I have to open up YouTube to double check author names oh, yeah. and character names. And, you know, like a man called Uve, for example, I thought was Ove <laughs> for a million years. I never listened to it. So uh-huh. <laughs> I totally yep. get that. Well, I just have one yep. more to add to the stack, which is an also another Alex Award winner, but it's also a Landa Literary Award finalist. And I dug through my archives of Goodreads because I'm like, I really want to bring a very, very backlist book that nobody's talking about. And it's Golden Boy by Abigail Tartalin. And this one is really about a golden boy. His name is Max Walker. He's attractive, 
intelligent and athletic, perfect son, perfect friend, perfect crush for the girls in school. He's even nice to his brother. Karen, Max's mother, is determined to maintain this facade within her family of effortless excellence. And she's constructed this through the years. But now that the boys are getting older, she is worrying that the facade may soon begin to crumble. And adding to this tension, her husband has chosen this moment to stand for election to parliament, and the spotlight of the media is going to encircle their lives. So this story is about Max, who is intersex. And I know that a lot of readers have read Middlesex, and maybe a few readers have read Annabelle, which were two other coming-of-age stories that I read on Intersex. That's the secret that Max has been keeping, and he is starting to develop feelings for people. I I do want to say there is a trigger warning with this one because Max is the victim of a sexual assault that made reading the story difficult, but I will say that it was extremely fast-paced in the beginning, in particular as, you know, they're trying to keep the secret from everyone, and then seeing the family dynamics work out and how Max works through this as he's questioning his own sexual identity is something that really gave me a lot of thought. I almost considered it for our book club, which was brand new at this point, and I just want to bring it back up to the stack. The cover has evolved over the years, and I will say that I really like the original cover. I'm not really sure what happened. And and some issue, it does not look like an awesome book. So you may be like, oh, the cover's a little cheesy. Um, There was one with the beautiful golden bicycles, and that's the cover that I had. So if you can find that cover, look for that one. Again, it's Golden Boy by Abigail Tartelin. Awesome. Well, my final book um, was on the long list for the National Book Awards in 2020, and that's The Vanishing Half uh, by Brett Bennett. This book blew me away. So it is about identical twins who uh, grow up in a small Black community that prides itself on having light-skinned Blacks, and that each generation is lighter than the last. Uh, Their life is not easy. Uh, Their dad left, uh, so they're helping their mom with money. And at 16, they decide to run away. After they run away, they have sort of a spat and they go their separate ways. And then they lose touch with each other. One sister ends up coming back home to her hometown with a very dark-skinned daughter and ends up raising her there. The other sister ends up secretly passing as white, and ends up marrying a white man, and they move out to California where they have a daughter, and she is trying to continue this facade that she has this typical white family. Eventually, the two daughters of the twin sisters meet up in college and find out that they are related to each other. And the one white cousin is like, that's not possible. My mom's white. And the black, the dark-skinned uh, cousin's like, uh, no, my mom ex- looks exactly like yours. You're, you know, my cousin, my long-lost cousin. And it's a very interesting story uh, that looks at family dynamics, race, and what influences our lives and where we go. Uh, this takes place from the 1950s all the way to the 1990s when the cousins are grown um, and starting their own lives. It was fascinating and a really like I couldn't put it down. I kept like just kept reading it. So I definitely recommend The Vanishing Hat by 
Brett Bennett. And like I said, it was on the long list for the National Book Awards. I loved this book. I almost picked it for book club. My only reason why I didn't is because I thought maybe a ton of people had read it and we've been trying to introduce new books. But if you haven't picked this one up, I echo your sentiments about it. I could not put it down. I thought it was very thought-provoking. It would also lend itself really well to a book club chat. I'm not saying that we might not pick it next year because the more I think about it, the more I feel like that might have been a misstep on my part, but I highly, highly recommend it. It's a, a fantastic book. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Well, thank you for joining us, Kristen. If people want to find out more about you or about your bookshop, how can they find you online? Sure. Um, our website is fablesbooks.com. You can browse our inventory, check out all our events, um, and learn more about us there. You can also follow us on social media. We have a Facebook page, which is uh, Fables Books or at Fables Goshen, I believe is the actual handle. Uh, Instagram at Fables Books, and we have a TikTok at Fables Books. Of course they do. So. Also, I want to say that some of you may not know this, but Fables is our partnered bookshop. And if you are a Patreon member, you do get a 15% off coupon code on all of our book club books, which Fables has created a beautiful landing page for us, which I'm very, very grateful for. To continue supporting this Patreon space, I'm making Kristen come over and do the real bookworm challenge with me, which she has no idea what she's getting into. I make it sound really, really hard. It's not that hard, but you do have to have a Patreon membership to access this fun interview. And if you have not joined, it's only $5 a month and you get a lot back on your money, not just that coupon code, but a lot, lot, especially our immersive experience with our book club books. So if you're interested, please go to patreon.com backslash mom advice. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash mom advice. And we'll see you over there to get that real bookworm challenge done.